From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. and DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today we have a super stacked show for you because we're talking all about this past Sunday's AEW Double or Nothing. It was a super stacked card with a lot of newsworthy shit. But before I get into all of that, I want to take this moment to thank my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. You are the sole reason why this podcast exists. Without my Wrestling DeLorean passengers, there is no me, there is no Mike De Niro, there is no podcast. So, shout out to all of you from all over the world. I'm talking about the United States, Canada, Mexico, Australia, the UK, Ireland, Bosnia. Yo, I got fans all over the world. It is so humbling. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow the podcast on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Follow the podcast on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe and download and do all that good shit because we are growing even bigger as the weeks go on. We're going to be expanding on the Twitch. I'm going to be doing some live streams on YouTube. And on top of all that, for our real followers, the ones who've been supporting us since day one, we have a Patreon coming out with a lot of cool perks if you join along. Ladies and gentlemen, from the last time you heard from me, I have won the WrestleNary Champion from the Off the Top Ropes Podcast. Shout out to Off the Top Ropes Podcast. I'm now your WrestleNary Champion, and I will be a fighting champion who will defend that title. Also, shout out to Circle of Debate, constantly having your boy on. Shout out to the League of Podcasts. If you know, you know. I appreciate all of you. But let's cut the chit-chat and let's start this Super Stack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Like I said in the intro, without you, there is no me. So thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. If you ride with the Wrestling DeLorean, Maybe we'll also fuck with my music. The Lords of Gotham, my rap group, we are doing big things and we are now our own podcasters ourselves. We are coming out with the LOG podcast coming this Friday. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, including the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, you can now listen to the LOG podcast. Joining me is my other two group members, my familia, 
Eddie Niggs and King Huey, and we are going to be taking over the podcast world, just like the Wrestling DeLorean podcast took over the wrestling podcast world. So join us every Friday, wherever you listen to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. You can also listen to the LOG podcast, including on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lords of Gotham been around for a, quite a minute. You know what I mean? We, we've been doing things for a long time. We've been putting in work for a long time. We have music out. Check out Lords of Gotham music. But also, if you are a supporter of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, you got to cop yourself a shirt. Go to threefallsbrand.com, which, by the way, is the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet, and cop yourself a Wrestling DeLorean t-shirt. We got three different designs, super dope, super fresh, looking clean. Support the Wrestling DeLorean, cop yourself a t-shirt, and while you're there, Get merchandise from Three Falls Brand. Like I said, the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet. And like I do every week, I'm going to have the CEO, the co-founder of Three Falls Brand, tell you all about Three Falls Brand right now. So here is Mean Gene. Hey, listeners. This is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Again, check us out at 3FallsBrand.com and on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about the topic of the day. The reason why we're here today, we're talking all about AEW Double or Nothing. What a show. I feel like I can't get into this show without talking about the controversy that took place during the weekend before the show even started. That controversy is talking about one man, the one and only Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Now, news broke on Saturday that MJF no-showed a meet-and-greet fan signing from the AEW Fan Fest. And there was a lot of speculation. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, who, by the way, shout-out to Sean Ross Sapp. You know what I mean? He, he has been a very reliable source for quite a while. He put out that this was not a work. He put out that MJF was looking to fly out of uh, Vegas and no show in the event the next day. It left people really confused. You know, I mean, I, I was asking some of my fans on Instagram what you guys think. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's a work. This is all just to make MJF a bigger heel. And when we seen the show, what, what took place on Sunday at the pay-per-view, it definitely did not seem like it was a work. There was obvious repercussions for MJF's actions. So let, let, let's talk about it. The rumor going around for the last couple of weeks is MJF is not happy with his AEW contract. He's not happy that he's not making the same money as some of the former WWE stars who were on the AEW roster. He feels that he should be making John Moxley money. He feels that he should be making CM Punk money. He feels that he should be making Sting money. He feels that he is the top guy in AEW and deserves top guy pay. Where I stand with that is 
you goddamn right. MJF is the top heel. Right now, MJF is the epitome of a fucking heel. So, yes, maybe he does deserve more money. But the contract you sign is the contract you sign. The way you go about shit, trying to get more money, it's probably not the right way to do it, Max. Now, I don't know the situation. You know what I mean? After the show, during the media scrum, Tony Khan refused to comment on the situation. We just got rumors and speculation. You know what I mean? He was leaving Vegas. He, he was getting a flight out of Vegas. Then he wasn't going to get a flight out of Vegas. Now the rumor is that he showed up right before his matchup and left right after his matchup. Now there's rumors that Tony Khan and MJF will be having a sit-down meeting one-on-one. Very crazy shit. I mean, it's no lie. MJF wants to be in the WWE. I was live streaming the show on Twitch and a lot of people were asking, do you think that it's a work or do you think he really wants to be in the WWE? I feel it is 100% a shoot that this man would rather be in the WWE making more money and on a higher platform, a more well-recognized platform than AEW. MJF is teetering on character and real life when he's having these interviews with Ariel Hawani saying shit like, I know that there's interest in the WWE and I can't wait for the bidding war in 2024 and I know that I'm not resigning with AEW. He sees how his good friend Cody Rhodes is being treated like a superstar over on Raw. Not just a superstar, being treated like one of the top guys in the WWE right now. So, with that being said, you got your man MJF saying, hey, if Cody could get that, imagine what I could get. It's being reported by Mr. Meltzer that there's a lot of people on the AAW roster who's starting to look at a WWE run a little differently now that Cody's over there and getting the type of treatment he's getting. MJF is clearly one of those guys. But at the end of the day, MJF is under contract with AEW to 2024. If this was MJF's way of getting released, if this was MJF's way of getting fired, it didn't seem to work, but there was repercussions. And I'm going to talk about those repercussions when we come back from this commercial break as we get into the pay-per-view. So stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to be talking about the event itself in the first matchup, which had to do with MJF versus his opponent, Wardlow. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. 
Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cooking rice and beans up with manina On the same stove next to the burner with cocaina To prima, we need a prenup We up, better call prima Flooding need a cleanup Running need a speed up Catch me in Hiroshima, Osaka, or Fukushima We ruling like Mussolini with bitches from Argentina Got something for Latinas as goddesses like Athena Packing the weed up, send to Bosnia, Herzegovina Took over rapping, now back again Got vaccinated from bitch after friends I reactivated and attacked the pen And now I'm aggravated again Agitated again To battle me, assassination attempt Decapitation exempt You never pay for a cent Now I'm late with the rent Took away your consent And I'm letting this spray Then I'll pray to repent Nero Don't ever question if I had bars or not that's your boy, me, rapping. So for all those who doesn't really believe that I rap, there you go. That's a little quick verse for you guys. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are not here to rap. We're here to talk about professional wrestling. And on Sunday, we had high-quality professional wrestling. So I'm going to get right into the main show. I am not going to be talking about the uh, the buy-in, which was one matchup, Hookhausen versus... Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. You know what I mean? Quick little matchup, fun little matchup. But there's already a lot to talk about on the show, so let, let's get right into it right now, right? Opening matchup of the night. We see MJF. MJF is here. MJF did not leave Vegas, so he is here at the show. Comes out with his robe, looking like a Ric Flair knockoff. And he is in the ring. The crowd is really, really all over him. Right, not just the typical booing MJF because he's the top heel. I'm talking about fuck MJF chance, literally verbatim fuck MJF chance, asshole chance. 
get the fuck out chance. Basically, the fans of AEW in Vegas that night was saying, if you do not want to be here, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Out comes his opponent, Wardlow. And it is quickly evident that this is going to be a punishment for MJF's actions during the weekend, which totally confirmed to me that this was not a work. Because if MJF was working the crowd, if AEW was working the crowd, then this would have been a regular matchup and MJF would have just got more heat. That was it. But it wasn't. MJF got squashed by Wardlow. And by him being squashed by Wardlow and being taken out on a stretcher, this writes MJF off of TV, which rightfully so. Go figure out the behind-the-scenes shit backstage. Go figure that shit out and then come back on TV because you cannot be on TV in marquee matches and then not showing up or threatening to not show up. Trying to pull a Sasha Banks and Naomi. Trying to pull a CM Punk. So, with that being said, go straighten your shit out. Have that meeting with Tony Khan. If you guys could settle it, come to an agreement, then we'll figure it out. Come back to TV. I mean, shit, Tony Khan already said that he is willing to pay MJF top dollar. But I don't think Tony Khan's going to be willing to pay someone top dollar after the actions that were pulled this weekend. So, like I said, go figure that shit out. Did I agree with it being a squash match? No. You know what I mean? People been invested in this storyline for three fucking years. They've been building on this slowly but surely. This storyline has been being built up for three years, and people were anticipating this matchup. This was one of the top marquee matches, and it became a five-minute squash match because of the backstage politics. Something that I never wanted to see come into AEW. We've seen backstage politics play out in the WWE. We've seen that shit play out in WCW. We've seen that shit play out in TNA. We never really seen backstage politics play out in AEW, but this was the first time it happened. So, kind of started to show out on a little bit of a black eye. But, nonetheless, Wardlow wins. Wardlow earns his AEW contract, kayfabe, kayfabe, and now he will be MJF, MJF-less and free to do whatever the hell he wants. He gets his theme song back. He gets to, you know, be his own man in AEW. Next match, we have the Tag Team Dream Match. Even though it happened before, we have the Tag Team Dream Match between the Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks. This matchup was a good matchup. It was a good matchup for what it was. The reason why I say for what it was is it looked like a lot of the matchup you had Jeff Hardy moving a little slow. You had Jeff Hardy communicating a lot with the referee, and it looked like he was out of it. Not not saying that he was dealing with any of his past demons again. It just looks like the man is banged up. Since coming to AEW about a month and a half ago, Jeff Hardy has been putting his body on the line like he is 20 years old again and taking risks like, like he fucking is not aging, right? So, it's all coming to a head. Jeff Hardy, you're not going to be able to bounce back from ladder bumps and missed swantons onto a fucking 
steal steps as quickly as you used to because you are getting older. Your body's getting a little bit more beat up. So with that being said, Jeff Hardy was a little beat up. And it is evident because tonight, AEW Dynamite, they had to pull Jeff Hardy from the card because Jeff Hardy is obviously beat up. I could only imagine it's probably from that Darby Allen matchup a couple weeks ago. But anyway, the Hardy Boys, nonetheless, they defeat the Young Bucks in a really good matchup. It went about 20 minutes. I, I like the matchup for what it was. It's just not to the potential of what these guys could have done. Next, we had TBS Women's Champion. We had Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. And this matchup was fun. And I'm going to tell you what. This might have been Jade Cargill's best matchup. I am a fan of Jade Cargill. I love the gimmick. I love the personality. I love the whole, you know what I mean, cut the shit, Tony. I fuck with Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill's money. She is certified cash. And I'm going to tell you this right now. In a couple years, Jade Cargill very well could be the number one woman in wrestling. Not just AEW, in wrestling. She has all the tools to be the most marketable female in wrestling. So, it's just about getting her in-ring work up to par. Her in-ring work has been getting better. And this matchup was a great matchup. I think that this was a smart decision to put her with Anna Jay. I'm going to tell you why. There, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, this, does this match need to be on the card? Yes, it does. Because you need to, you need to showcase your champions. You got to prove why your champions are elite. No pun intended. Top elite stars. Okay, and if you remember, Jade Cargill had a match with Anna Jay on Rampage a couple months back, and it was a great matchup. For some reason, these two women have great chemistry. Jade Cargill had an even better matchup with Anna Jay on this pay-per-view, but the real story came after the pay-per-view. Well, not after the pay-per-view, after this, after this matchup. Because we had the debut of two former NXT and WWE stars, because... It looks like the former Malcolm Bivens, a.k.a. Stokely Hathaway, is the new mouthpiece and, not mouthpiece, she doesn't really need a mouthpiece, but the new manager of Jay Cargill, which I totally love. I never really got the whole Jay Cargill and Sterling, uh, Mark Sterling relationship. I always felt like it was just a little thrown together, you know what I mean? Where Stokely Hathaway... And Jade Cargill seemed already instantly like they had great chemistry together. And they were only together for like two minutes. Stokely Hathaway with the baddie club or the baddies seemed to go together like a fucking glove in a hand. Like it just seemed perfect. But Stokely Hathaway wasn't the only one who made their debut. Athena, the former Ember Moon, the fallen goddess made her debut. Stating claim that she wants to take out Jade Cargill. Athena and Jade Cargill is going to be a phenomenal program. I'm telling you right now, Athena is very, very underrated. But shout out to Athena and Stokely Hathaway being all elite. There's another person who is all elite on this show, and we're going to talk about it when we get to that part. But leave it to AEW to have a couple debuts per pay-per-view. I think that it's a cool little thing to look forward to, but it's never done to it nausea you know what i mean i don't know if that makes sense but it made sense to me whatever next matchup we had a absolute phenomenal great well i should say that like tony the tiger great 
Six-man tag. If the rumor is true and AEW is getting trios titles, this matchup should have been for those trios titles because this was probably the best trios match in AEW history. Don't at me. We had the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King versus the Death Triangle, Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. This matchup was a fucking banger. Too much to talk about. Too much to follow. These guys went balls to the wall for about 15 minutes and put on a classic. This was this was everything from high flying to psychology to a huge surprise at the end when we saw the... I know we all kind of expected, but we saw the turn finally of Julia Hart who came in spit the black mist in the eyes of Pac, and has now officially joined the House of Black. Only thing I want to say going forward is we got to move on. Since the House of Black formed, they've been going and feuding against the Death Triangle. It's been months. We got to move on. I want to see Malachi go for... Unless there's trios titles on the way, I want to see Malachi go for a singles title, preferably TNT or the world. Shit, imagine Malachi Black and CM Punk, but we'll get to that later. But I want to see Malachi get a singles title, Buddy Matthews and uh, Brody King going for the tag titles. Bro, the House of Black needs some gold. They need some gold. Because right now, this team is highly underrated. Highly underrated. By far one of the most entertaining parts of AEW. By far. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another commercial break. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about the two final matches in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. And we're going to talk about the rest of the card. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to talk about the finals matches in the men's 
Foundation Tournament. This was done absolutely beautiful, especially with the with the presentation, the trophy presentation by Dr. Martha Hart herself. We're gonna talk about all that in the rest of the show right now. Men's Hart Foundation Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals, Adam Cole, Samoa Joe. This was a great matchup. I said on the Circle of Debate podcast, shout out to Circle of Debate. Shout out to my boy Ivan, the devious one. Shout out to Matt Callis. Shout out to shout out to Money Mike. The director, Chris Kennedy. Big shout out to my homies, Mi Familia, the League of Extraordinary Podcasts, especially Circle of Debate. I appreciate you guys, yo. Always showing love. But I said on their podcast on Friday, the prediction show for Double or Nothing, that this was a ROH dream match for me. Because you had, even though it's not for Samoa Joe's Ring of Honor TV champion, you had the guy who won the Ring of Honor champion and held it for the longest reign in Ring of Honor history. The one who really put that fucking show, that, that whole title, the whole brand on the map, Samoa Joe, going against the man who held that title more times than anybody else. The only three-time champion, Adam Cole. Absolute dream match. In my eyes and in anybody's eyes. This matchup also was cool to see because if you remember before Samoa Joe and Adam Cole left NXT, there seemed to be plans being set for a feud between the two. Never happened. Got it here, though. Got it here on AEW. Got it here on pay-per-view. This was a great matchup. Hard-hitting. Really good. A matchup that Owen Hart would be proud of. Surprising in the end, Adam Cole picks up the victory. And the only reason why I say surprising, not saying that Adam Cole can't beat Samoa Joe, the reason why I say surprising is because I expected some sort of interference by Jay Lethal, by Sanjay Dutt, by Satnam Singh. But we got no interference. Instead, Adam Cole beat Samoa Joe clean, which I wasn't expecting. So the winner of the men's Owen Hart Foundation tournament was Adam Cole. Right afterwards, we got the women's Owen Hart Foundation tournament final, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, who, by the way, had the crowd buzzing because Ruby Soho was performed live to the ring by Rancid, the classic punk band Rancid, who did her theme song entitled Ruby Soho. You know what I mean? The... Destination unknown. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Anyway, crowd was going crazy. I thought that Ruby Soho needed this. I, I said it on Circle of Debate. I said that Ruby Soho needed this because since joining AEW, for someone who's so talented, she hasn't really accomplished much. And I think that's a shame. Britt Baker does not need this. She's the longest reigning women's champion. She does not need to win this tournament. You need to elevate somebody like Ruby Soho. Did not happen. Britt Baker wins the tournament. We had the power couple of AEW win the Owen Hart tournament. Britt Baker and Adam Cole. I I wasn't so mad, though, because I thought that the presentation of the Owen Hart Foundation belts and cup, the Owen Cup, was beautifully done. It was amazing to see Martha Hart in a wrestling show, addressing wrestling fans. Especially since we knew ever since the death, the untimely tragedy death of Owen Hart, that Martha Hart wanted nothing to do with professional wrestling. And in the year 2022, 
Martha Hart is in front of a T-Mobile Arena. Rabbit fans, 16,000. Probably more. Probably closer to 18. That crowd was stacked. That was a huge room, boy. Anyway, addressing wrestling fans, I thought it was a beautiful moment. I thought it was history in the making. I thought it was really nice. A really good presentation for uh, Martha Hart to give the Owen Cup to Adam Cole and Britt Baker. So I wasn't complaining too much. I thought it was really nice. Next, we got the six-person mixed tag match. American top team, Ethan Page, TNT champion Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zant going up against the team of Frankie Kazarian, Ty Conti, and Sammy Guevara. Not much to talk about. Sammy Guevara kicked his girl right in the face accidentally. Probably slept on the couch. Um, Paige Van Zant looked pretty good. Now, this is her debut matchup. This is her first ever wrestling matchup. I got to say, Paige Van Zandt looks like she has potential to be a great wrestler. Um, some things I'd say she needs to work on, though, would be just selling. You know, uh, Ty Conti was punching her, hitting her with forearms, and Paige Van Zandt wasn't selling shit. Like, you, you got to sell that. You got to make it seem like you do feel pain, Paige. But nonetheless, the, uh, the winners of the matchup was American Top Team and Paige, well, Paige Van Zandt. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, good matchup. It didn't really have to be on the show, but you you had to have the TNT title involved somehow, right? Next match on the show, we had Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. This matchup was a last-minute throw-in, it seemed like. They announced this matchup on Friday's episode of Rampage, and we got to hear Darby Allen and Kyle O'Reilly but boy, for a last-minute matchup, this was an absolute banger. Shout-out to Off the Top Rope Podcast. I was watching this on their live watch-along with, uh, you know, my boy Cyber Yeti, Blackheart. Shout-out to the, what's it called, Off the Top Rope Podcast. You know what I mean? All the big things that they're doing, I appreciate them. But, yeah, we all were in, in agreement that this was a savage matchup. Kyle O'Reilly beat the ever-loving shit out of Darby Allin. Darby didn't have any quit, but Darby got his ass beat. Kyle O'Reilly connected with a knee to the face at the beginning of the match and instantly busted Darby Allen up. For about the 10 minutes that they had, Kyle O'Reilly... <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly beat the shit out of Darby Allen and really proved why he's next up. Kyle O'Reilly is an amazing, amazing tag team wrestler. Kyle O'Reilly is also a phenomenal singles wrestler. Don't forget that. Kyle O'Reilly could easily be feuding for a TNT championship right now and not a tag team championship right now. Kyle O'Reilly could easily be put in a title matchup for the world champion. Like, say, for example, if they just want to give CM Punk a random title matchup on tonight's ramp, uh, on tonight's, uh, AW Dynamite, and it was Kyle O'Reilly versus CM Punk. I guarantee you Kyle O'Reilly lives up to the matchup, the big moment, and fucking puts on a banger. So, I feel like Kyle O'Reilly's next up. But this matchup right here, boy, it was underrated and slept on because as a last-minute matchup added to the show, this was one of the best matches on the show. Speaking of amazing matches, we now get the AEW Women's World Championship matchup, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. First, before I get into this great matchup, because this was another banger, I just want to say, 
Shout out to AEW giving women an opportunity on this fucking show. The talk of the wrestling world for AEW and their women's division is they don't really get behind the women. You have three hours of TV and maybe two women's matches a week. And that's including two shows. Sometimes we only see one women's match a night. And you have so much talented women on that roster. You can't really expect the division to pick up steam if they're not being showcased. Here on this show, you had three women's matches and really gave the women of AEW a platform to really showcase what they could do. And every one of these matches delivered, especially this one. Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb put on a fucking amazing match, a banger. This honestly, this honestly was probably the best women's matchup in AEW. History. Three-year history. Quote me on it right now. This matchup was amazing. Just beautiful wrestling violence. Hard-hitting. Strong style. Technical. I don't know why I say technical like that. Technical. Submission-based wrestling. This was just phenomenal. In the end, though, Thunder Rosa defeats Serena Deeb. Really great matchup. I would be down to watch these women wrestle each other every single night of the week. They have great chemistry with each other. Now, you want to talk about a pure style wrestling matchup in Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb? We're going to talk about the opposite. We're going to be talking about absolute anarchy as the next matchup is Anarchy in the Arena, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. This matchup was a fucking war. I don't even know where to start. I have so much to talk about here. First of all, this was way better than any stadium stampede ever was. Having that crowd in the mix of it as they're brawling all over this arena felt like a real war. This felt like the only thing I could say when I was watching this was, bro, this took me back to ECW. This is ECW with a WCW budget. I said it many times before on this podcast. I'm saying it again. This match proves it. First of all, shout out to the homage that they paid to New Jack. Now, I mean, very polarizing figure in wrestling. God rest his soul. It was a guy that I thoroughly enjoyed. A guy that I knew personally sometimes. Well, not sometimes, but we, we talked personally. And, like, off the record, off the script, me and him had some real, you know, personal conversations and he's a man that I definitely respect shout out to AEW paying tribute to New Jack by having John Moxley's theme song play for about half of this matchup but shout out to Chris Jericho being a fucking top heel and taking the soundboard of the show and smashing it because he does not want the music to play no more fucking brilliant yo this matchup was a bloodbath they wrestled all over the arena We had the psychotic Eddie Kingston come out and try to set Chris Jericho on fire. We had miscommunication between Kingston and Brian Danielson. Danielson kicking the fucking head in of Chris Jericho. In the end, though, surprisingly, I did not call this one at all. Surprisingly, the Jericho Appreciation Society picks up the victory when they choke out. He never tapped, he never quit, but they choked out Brian Danielson. But I can't even go 
I can't even do this match justice by talking about it. There were so many spots, you know what I mean? From Santana and Ortiz jumping off the ladders to fucking Eddie Kingston and uh, Matt Bernard or Menard, whatever his name is, fighting in the concession stands to fucking John Moxley's music playing to John Moxley getting thrown to the barbed wire. Just so much to talk about. Absolute insanity. Insanity. This was ECW at its finest with a WCW budget. That's all I can say. And at this point, the show's running long. This is almost 12 o'clock. And we still have two more matches on the show. Two big title matches. Now, usually I'd say, yo, that's too long of a show. Fans are going to die out. Even after the chaos of the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, you know, our Anarchy in the Arena matchup, even after all that, even after all the matches we've seen up this point, we're about 11 matches in, and this crowd, after about four and a half hours, is still on their feet, on the edge of their seat, chanting. That is a testament to AEW. That is a testament to what AEW is doing. Because after all that, AEW still had the crowd eating at the palm of their hand. The next matchup was no different. We had an absolute phenomenal tag team three-way matchup between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage, Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, and the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Bro, this could have went either way. Either way, easily probably the Jurassic Express's best matchup in their title reign. This was a great, great matchup. Everybody shined. Strickland, Keith Lee, Hobbs, Starks, Jungle Boy, uh, Luchasaurus, everybody shined. I did not expect at all for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to retain. Not at all, but they retained, and it was definitely an amazing matchup. We're almost five hours into the show, and we are now just getting the world title match, and this crowd is wide awake. They want it. They're chanting. They can't wait for this. The matchup that everybody wants to see, it is CM Punk versus Hangman Adam Page. Bro, this had the big fight feel. This had world title match feel. This felt like probably one of the biggest matches in AEW. It was a great matchup. We had a couple, you know I mean, sloppy spots. CM Punk trying to do the uh, Buckshot Lariat and failing twice. Um, Bro, I don't know, man. CM Punk is your new AEW champion. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, right? But I think it was the right decision. I see a lot of people hating on it. I think it was the right decision. AEW, their roster is growing and expanding. Their footprint on the professional wrestling world is growing and expanding. And if you want somebody to take your company into the stratosphere of getting new fans, now they could. Not saying they could with not saying they couldn't with Hangman Page, but man, I'm trying not to sound disrespectful here, but let's be logical. You're an AEW fan. You go up to your friend 
You say, hey, you, you got to check out AEW. Oh, I don't know what AEW is. What's AEW? Oh, it's a professional wrestling company. Got a big budget. They got TV. Oh, well, who's their champion? Who's in it? That's usually what comes after that, right? It's usually what that person would ask. Who's their champion? What's going to make that person tune in? If you say Hangman Page, oh, well, who's that? Oh, he's, he's a cowboy. Uh, okay, um, all right, maybe I'll check it out when I have time. Or if you say CM Punk. Oh, shit, CM Punk wrestles? He, he's back from hiatus? Oh, shit, he's their champion? I remember I was a big CM Punk fan. I liked him when he went against John Cena. Blah, 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 blah. It's all about perception. It's all about who's going to bring more eyes to the product. And right now, it's hard to say who's a bigger star in AEW. Who, who's a bigger star than CM Punk right now? CM Punk is the top guy in AEW, and now he has the title to prove it. Nonetheless, Hangman Page put on a phenomenal matchup. He had a great title reign. Shout out to Hangman Page. He will probably hold that title once again before his career in AEW is over. But right now, the summer of Punk AEW style, the AEW remix, is about to start, and I'm excited. I'm excited for AEW Dynamite tonight, but before I close up, I got to say, this Double or Nothing, yeah, it went long, but there was very little dull moments on it. I don't think there was a dull moment on it. By the way, the other person who made their debut is someone I'm extremely excited for. It's going to be amazing to see this man in AEW. Joining forces with his old compadre, Andrade, we got Roosh, former Ring of Honor champion, former CMLL world champion, Roosh, who is highly talented. Roosh is one of the most talented workers, I think, in Mexican history. I fuck with Roosh heavy. And now he's here in AEW. How much more stacked can this roster get? Because right now, this shit is insane. They're finally going to give Andrade the respect he deserves. Drop the AFO. Fuck the AFO. Roosh and Andrade joining forces. The original Los Incredibles here in AEW. I'm extremely excited for it. If I had to give a grade, I'm giving this show a strong 4.5 out of 5. The reason why I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5 is it maybe was one or two matches too long. But that's the only reason. Those matches delivered too. Every match delivered. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. I'm not complaining about more wrestling. I'm not complaining about high quality wrestling because the show's going along. I mean, shit, I'll drink a coffee and stay up all night if this shit went 12 hours, but you're giving me quality? I'd be up all night watching this shit. So shout out to AEW. I am so excited. AEW making their California debut tonight in the form. The world famous Kia form where the Lakers used to play. Legendary arena. AEW making their debut tonight. AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS. Check it out and make sure you join me once again here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Friday. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much again for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. We got to hold off on the Twitch. I'll explain that soon. But make sure you're riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate you guys. And before I leave, I want to once again say, please check out the LOG Podcast this upcoming Friday. And to send you guys out 
I'm gonna play LOG's new song, Wolves. Second tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver the Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Trigger finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas acting tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves done Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the pack Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime better be careful where you're at No matter Addy nigga We gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night is precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs Cause they hunting, I'm moving packs of that onion But probably packing up something Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal I think it's like a tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight Expressing your love can look many different ways And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Wrexham. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney Bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply.